Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Back in 2018, one of my favorite musicians, Damien Gerardo, released a new single. A lot of his early albums were just uh, acoustic guitar and vocals, quite sparse, but over the past few years leading up to this song, the instrumentation had gotten quite verbose. It was quite lush. There was a lot of sound going on. And uh, in my mind at the time, it had gotten quite overblown. Anyways, uh, on on March 4th of that year, uh, YouTube link came up for a new song that he'd released. And immediately I was caught by the sparseness of it. It felt like going back to his roots, going back to like a well-worn glove. And I was listening to the song, um, well, Dan, would you play it? You can, if, if it works. <laughs> Apologize for our technical difficulties before, but as I was listening to the song, it really, really grabbed me. So. May it always and forever fill the void And allow my heart some room May it be so that you'll one day need me soon wheels and a turning and my back to the window I collected every way from the shore I forgot I was human as I laid up my emotions and I knocked them like dishes to the floor So there's that line in the song, I forgot I was human. And then nothing. Uh, First of all, part of me is like, I'm glad you you realize you're human and you're making sparse music again. But as the last five years have gone, that line of I forgot I was human has rolled around and around and around in my head. I can't escape it. It just kind of hit me. I imagine him singing that song and the gravity of what he just realized hitting, and that's why there's no noise. That's why it has to go silent. As we come to Ash Wednesday, I reflect on those words, and in all of my preparation for tonight, I keep coming back to those words again and again. I forgot I was human. It's easy to forget our humanity. It's easy to live without limits, to live as though we'll live forever. Now, that's not to deny eternal life, that there is resurrection life to be found. Of course there is, but resurrection life comes through death. In order to have resurrection, one must die first. We are finite beings. We all die. Just as we came from dust, one day again we will return to dust. Or as James, the brother of Jesus, wrote, Now listen, you who may say, today or tomorrow we will go this way or that way to this city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? 
You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. When we forget our dustiness, when we forget our death, we live as though we can live forever. That there's always a tomorrow that we can depend upon. That we can wait till later to take things seriously. That we can procrastinate holiness for just another day. Or as Joan Chittister writes, that we can dilly-dally on our road to God. It's really easy to live this way, to get caught into routine, to react to life and let it happen. And days and weeks, even years can go by before we can get shook out of it. Perhaps it's a diagnosis, a car accident, a funeral of a friend. Something comes by and interrupts us, shakes us out of our stupor, and causes us to contemplate the direction that our life is heading in. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, For once you were in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it's said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and the light of Christ will shine on you. Ash Wednesday functions as a wake-up call. Or a reset button with its reminder that one day we will return to dust. It calls us to examination and to repentance, to reintegrate our lives, to reimagine them in the light of Christ's coming kingdom, asking us, where is the trajectory of my life going? Is it going in the way of the kingdom or is it going somewhere else? The author of Hebrews writes, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the author of Hebrews, following Jesus is a long-distance race. It's not a quick sprint. This is an ultra-marathon that you need to pace yourselves in. And we're not alone in this race, but instead we're following after Jesus, our trailblazer who's gone ahead of us. And so we keep our eyes on him. The problem is, though, as we go through life, we discover that there are things that hinder us. And there's sin that easily entangles us. And the author of Hebrews invites us to throw those things off. And so tonight, the invitation again is to throw those things off. To go down the ancient road of repentance. To be honest with ourselves about what's going on in our lives. As we run with Christ, we find there are things that hinder us. Now, these things don't have to be bad things. They can even be good things but perhaps they become a disordered desire. Something taking up too much time, energy, or attention. 
something that perhaps you need to reevaluate your relationship with. This thing has become something that's weighing you down as you seek to follow after Christ. And perhaps the invitation of Ash Wednesday is to fast from it or abstain from it until Easter. To take a disordered desire and seek to reorder it by taking a break from it for a while. You got uh, Lent guides and when you came in or on Sunday and in them there's fasts that you can do that we're going to be doing as a community that you're invited to join in. And maybe for you the invitation to take things off is just to try those for this season. Maybe it's something else though. Maybe it's a combination. We don't fast and abstain though just for the sake of it, just because it's fun, just because with intermittent fasting we can lose a little spiritual weight. But it's so that we can be close to Christ. So that we can learn what it means that man does not live by bread alone, as Christ says. So in a few moments, we're going to take a time of reflection. And we're going to ask Jesus a question for each of us. Is there anything I need to give up before entering into Lent? Is there something I need to set aside for the next 40 plus days? Secondly, Paul also, or sorry, the author of Hebrews also writes that there's a sin that so easily entangles. This fall, Rob Davidson and I had the privilege of learning about what it feels like to walk through a canola field. I don't know if you've ever walked through one. You drive by them, you imagine it's beautiful and nice, like going through a wheat field, you know, hands at your side, idyllic, slowly walking. The truth of the matter is it's like walking through nets. <laughs> canola weaves into itself. So the first few steps are okay as you break your way in, but what you soon discover is that you're getting tripped up and you're falling constantly. And as you fall, it's kind of coming over top of you and as dust gets nearer and nearer, you wonder if you'll ever make it out alive. Sin's a lot like walking through a canola field. That is, we run the race with Christ. Sin grabs at us seeks to pull us down, it draws us away, it hampers it, it makes it a slog in getting through to Christ. It distracts us from us. It twists us, trips us, causes us to feel exalted, exhausted, makes us wonder if we should even bother. As Paul writes the church in Corinthians, he says, we therefore are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. In a few moments, we're going to give us some space. Some space to ask Jesus for help. To let him examine our lives. Asking, what's weighing me down? What do I need to give up before entering Lent? And what sin is entangling my life? What do I need to confess so that I can get refocused on the road? There are, of course, things you already know. 
We all have sin that we, we know easily trips us up. Perhaps Jesus has something else he wants to point out to you tonight. So I invite you to sit with him, to ask. And as he brings thing up, things up, tell him, confess them to him, and ask for his forgiveness. Sit and wait with him. This is going to be an unhurried space. We're going to have about 10 minutes of silent contemplation with Jesus. As we confess these things, we are seeking reconciliation with God. Seeking to, to break down brokenness and walls that we've put up. And as these things come to mind, uh, you'll have gotten this piece of paper. And on it is the two questions. What do I need to confess before entering into Lent? And is there anything I need to give up before entering into Lent? We want you to write these down. And then what we're going to do is later on when we take communion, there's some bowls up here that you can leave those in. So fold them up, crumble them, whatever you want. Nobody's going to be reading them. What we will do with these, though, is next year when Ash Wednesday comes, these will serve to be the grounds for your ashes for next year. The confession of sins tonight will be the mode of remembering our forgiveness next year. So we're going to take 10 minutes. We're going to sit in silent confession. And then afterwards, Kimberly will come and lead us through praying Psalm 51 together as an act of prayer of confession. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.